Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? Life's a drag. We haven't been on for a minute Whoa. there, Jason Galvin. I almost forgot we did this show. I know. It's been, We're a, back. It's been a hot minute, dude. We're back. We're back in I gotta the be biggest of ways. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. The two weeks off that we had between Norwalk and Denver, I kind of missed you. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's sweet. I was like, that's I was sweet. excited to get to Denver and uh, and see your shiny, happy face. And then you bailed on me and we didn't even room together. I know. What a jerk. Sorry. I know. What a jerk. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I get you know, it, but what a jerk. Yeah. I, you know, I just, uh, there's a point in time where I'm like, listen, I got to have my own room at some point in time. And it was just on principle alone, Jason. That has yes, nothing exactly. to do with you. Principle yeah. alone. And uh, yeah. you, you got to set a precedent at some right. point in time because. Right. Yeah. We, we both have to have uh, our, our own space every once in a while. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's got absolutely nothing to do with you trying to mount me in Las Vegas and then me telling the world about it. <laughs> no, I'm still shocked and <laughs> horrified that that happened, <laughs> which I don't remember any of it. Yes, that's the best part, is that you have zero recollection. I didn't you can tell me that there were Arab terrorists in there, and I, I would have been like, I joined some. I, joined some. I don't remember okay. any of that. All right. All right, all right. Only because you said Arab terrorists, okay? I the, the flyover Sunday, okay? right? Which I have video of the first one or the second one. The first one, okay. The the second one we've not actually talked about this at all, like any of us. Did the right. second one uh, scare the bejesus out of all you guys in the starting line, like it did the finish line? I didn't hear the first one because a, a car burned out. The second one, I was like, and I and Alan drew attention to it, like. Oh, those things. And right. I was like, oh, crap, there's a second one. Okay. Yeah. So Amanda and I are at the top end, right? Um, and and there's no noise there, obviously. I mean, first off, on the, it takes – it's probably like a solid five to seven seconds for the noise of a burnout or of the cars leaving the starting line to reach the finish line anyways. Right. Up there on the mountain in thin air, and and I don't know like how much people realize this, but in Denver specifically, the the top end turnoff is probably three hundred feet elevated from the starting line. I mean, like that's a trek uphill, right? Yes. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, literally, it's like ten seconds from the time of a burnout. So we had no noise. None of us were looking that direction, and we had the inflatables in the way, anyways. And I'm telling you, Amanda and I just about tackled each other when the first one came through because they he he came through after screaming at like 200 feet above the ground and it literally really almost caused everybody to have a heart attack that's so funny this is the flyover that we were talking whose broad stripes and the bright stars through the perilous fight yeah, so you that was pretty high up. That was probably yeah, that one was totally fine. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Now see, I should have sent you the video. Here, let's see how, how quickly if I send this to you, can you get a uh, video oh, I'm gonna up on to, there? I'm gonna have to put it in iMovie and all that fun stuff to, Oh, all right, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, if anybody in Seattle wants to see it because they missed it, hit me up. But yeah, the second one, I got the camera up for the final of the three points. They came through one by one, like 10 right. seconds apart. And uh, and I mean, literally, the safety safari, like guys who jump into burning race cars for a living were almost dying. Like it it was literally wild. It was wild. Yeah, because they that the, the second pass, they came screaming like right, right above the tower. Right. So, oops, we're fixing the camera there. All right. Uh, so uh, I realized why one half of my room looked like I was uh, in a dungeon. Um, so this gets long-winded way to get back to you making a, an Arab terrorist joke. So I see the pilots after the race, right? We're all standing on the starting line. I thank them for what they do, all that stuff. And the flight commander, who was directing the traffic down below, I told him, I said, man, you guys came across the second time. And um, we were like, Whoa what the hell is happening? Like, do we go to war? And he, he looked at me and he goes, he looked at me, he goes, that's the same thing terrorists think. Was, <laughs> that's I was, funny. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, we fly across and they're like, oh, wow, that's big and loud. Oh, bleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, 
I said, it's the same that we had on the top end was like, oh, bleep. Like the first one came across and I was like, we, I was having Red Dawn flashbacks. Like we are in Denver, you know, like, should I be looking that's at this funny. guy? But that's, yeah, you no, know, what? That, that's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about Vegas on Fridays because they're they're doing maneuvers and you get F thirty fives, you got F sixteens, yeah. you know, you got every every plane that they got out there, and especially when they do the uh, it's not Red Dawn but Red Flag when they do Red yes. Flag those things, and then they'll bring in yeah. all the uh, you know, the, the German all the foreign plane. planes. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's very cool. I love that very, stuff. Very, um, very cool. But yeah, so uh, we haven't been on in a while. And by the way. I got to be honest with you. I needed a break after Norwalk. It yeah, that's was, why we took a couple weeks off, right? Because we were burnt after Norwalk. Yeah, Norwalk was a long race weekend, and uh, there's nothing to do there after except uh, except the races. Although, although we haven't talked about this, Jason Galvin got to go to Cedar Point. I did, and, and you got to hang out at Cedar Point for a long, long time. And Joe, literally Costello an entire I, day. <laughs> yeah, Joe Costello, Jason's like, dude, you guys got to come out here. Park's not that busy. Just come on out. Yeah. Let's have some fun. So Joe and I jump in the car around 4 o'clock, getting ready to go out because the park didn't close till like 10 o'clock. We'll ride rides. We'll have a good time. We couldn't get in the park because somebody yeah. had an accident right in front of the park and knocked down power lines, and nobody could get in or out. <laughs> so you, yeah. had, you had an extended time in the park. Yeah, I, I was like done by that point. You guys called you like, yeah, we it's two hours to get in. And I'm like, I'm like over it. And I went to leave and they were like, yeah, it's like two hours to get out. And I went, all right, what, what was my favorite ride? Let's go ride it three more times. But that's, and, and I called the uh, the like uh, ticket office and like, hey, how do I get in here? I, they're, they're like, oh, there's a back way to come around. and But that was stacked up, people trying to get in. And uh, right. I was like, but I said to the lady, I go, listen, I'm just trying to give you my money. There's got to be a way to get in here. And I go, I live in Orlando, Florida. There's like 4,000 lanes and 1,400 right. other ways to get in this park because they know how to take my money and all of my money. And she was like, I know. I'm so sorry. I can't even leave. She goes, I'm going to be here all night long. She goes, this happened yeah. once before, and we were here all night long. I'm like, oh, yeah. God. Okay, sorry. But uh, Yeah, it was wild. But I had a great time. I hadn't been to it. Like a roller coaster. I lived uh, an hour from Six Flags Magic Mountain in LA, and I grew up literally in the backyard. My some of my best memories as a kid were sitting on my dad's shoulders in the backyard, looking over the wall, watching the fireworks show. That's how close we were. Right. And um, um, to tell you that, like, been probably I don't know, 10, 15 years since I got like a whole day um, at a theme park, like a roller coaster park. We go to Disneyland, right? We got a we got right. a four year old. We go to Disneyland. We do that, Legoland. But like that, to me, that was fun. But like, I made, dude, I made like a, I made a, a, a ginormous rookie amateur mistake. Did I tell you this? No. I got in the park literally as it opened. Um, you know, I brought my backpack and my computer because I had work to do all day, and I got a locker. Uh, because I come in the park over, it's East Coast time, and our company's on the West Coast, and nobody's up. And I'm like, all right, I got like two hours here where I can knock some stuff out. And was literally in line for when the park opened. I walk in, and so the first place I go is uh, to the the tallest, fastest ride they have there, thinking that the line's going to be awful all day. And then I ended up getting to like 45 minutes at one point. And I then I waited to be in the front row, so I waited like 30 minutes, even though I literally walked in as the park opened, right? When you haven't been on like a a real roller coaster, like right. Tower of Terror at Disneyland, and the and the Incredicoaster coaster with one little loop, uh, are your like your roller Major coaster thrill rides. Yeah. thrill rides for the last twelve years. Um, Three hundred and fifty feet with no shoulder harness in the front row was was not the right call at nine oh five in the morning. No, <laughs> I sat on the front row with this other guy who was like theme park fanatic and that like, goes to all these parks and knew everything about magic mountain and everything and we're going up and I, i'm talking to him and all of a sudden i just looked past him out over the lake and went man we're pretty high and then i'm i like an idiot i made the mistake of doing this and looking right, looking right yep. side. <laughs> and i went wow we're 
you know, and again, I like roller coasters. Heights don't generally freak me out, but what does freak me out is heights with like lack of restraint. Like if I would have had a shoulder, like that ride's just a lap bar, right? If I would have had a shoulder harness, it would have been totally fine. Not a worry in the world, right? But like the fact that I could literally look over and if I wanted to like bend like this and like touch the bottom of the track. No. <laughs> and, and then I looked, I'm like, man, we're way up here. And I looked back up and I went, oh, we weren't even halfway. <laughs> Oh my God. Dude, we got to the top of the thing, and I was like, "Man, I I don't think I've been nauseous on a roller coaster a day in my life." And I was I was like queasy. Like I got to the top, and I was like, "Thank God we're here." <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, take it from Jason: if you haven't been on a, a roller coaster in a, like a big one in a long, long time, don't go on the second tallest, second fastest roller coaster in the United States as your very first one in the front row at nine o'clock in the morning, coming off of a red eye when you haven't eaten oh. or slept. Te te terrible combination. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need to work up to those. And there's plenty of roller coasters to work up to. There. There's That's like a hundred of them there. Yeah, that was the best part. Like I then the next one I went and got on, I was like, yeah, that's it. Like, no, we're good. The rest of the day was a breeze. Like, That's so great. So, yeah, so we did absolutely nothing in Norwalk, so there was really nothing else to talk about. Literally, we were at the track till 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was it. And, you know, I got verbally assaulted, like nobody's business there, so that was fun. Because um, you play shitty music. That's it. I'm like, you're the worst. I mean, literally people yelling at me, like, why play rock and roll? I go, okay. That, just, all you got to do is ask nice. I'll play whatever you want. Right. You know, or you can say, "Hey, is this really what you're gonna play all day?" I'm like, right. "Cool." I'll, I'll yeah, play Logan literally had a guy who wanted to fight him, like fist twice fight. at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And then there was some guy who was just off his rocker on the next on the on Saturday. Don't you know what uh, distortion? I go, brother. I get it, but I'm not the one controlling how loud this gets. <laughs> right. There's somebody else controlling it. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, breaking news for those of you fans out there, and for those of you who like watch our show and follow the sport, but you watch us on .TV. Um, Jason Logan, there's a lot of times where it probably sounds like there's like downtime or you can faintly hear music in the background. Logan's playing music like yeah. during all that time, but copyrights and streaming and stuff like that, right? So the one audio jack in the whole building that's not plugged into .TV or the Fox show for that matter is out right. of Jason's computer that just plays his music, right? His microphone goes through a different port, but like Jason's computer into the board that plays music is the one thing that doesn't get streamed out anywhere. Also, Jason has zero control over anything other than what songs play. That's it. Like, and my microphone. I get to turn it on and off. On from off. here, though. Like, if somebody else yeah. turns it off, too, too bad, right? Like, so, right. like, there's, and and at some tracks. Last weekend's a great example. Um, we, we have our audio people, of which we have multiple audio people who do different jobs for different companies working together to merge all this shit that we have. And then last weekend in Denver, or if you think back to Charlotte, like those tracks have their own audio people this weekend in Seattle track has their own audio person on top of that, which right. literally turns into dueling wars sometimes because somebody from our end will call somebody from our end and say, Hey, we need to bring this up. And then the audio person doesn't think so because that's not how they do things at their events, but it's not their event. It's art. Like, Yes. Don't, and unless don't, we set up our yeah. the definition of don't shoot the messenger, J like Jason Logan is the Jason Logan's not even the messenger. He's the messenger's unpaid intern. Yes, exactly. And if you're in venue, you're having a good time mostly. Right. Everyone right. in Denver, I mean, we, uh, by the way, I Dude, had a Denver was lit. lit the Denver, you had a moment I mean, when? I, on Sunday, and we'll get into that a little bit later. I think we but all man, did. It was, it was, yeah, by far, I mean, and I, I posted on Facebook, I don't get emotional in any of these races or, you know, whatever. And I mean, th there'll be a huge run and I'll be like, holy cow, that was actually pretty cool. But that's the extent of it, man. I did, definitely got a little emotional on Sunday. But uh, but yeah, for the whole weekend, it was, it was packed. Right. I mean, there were people everywhere and everyone was happy. Everyone was, you know, they knew this was the last one. They were just happy to be there. And it was, it was such a great event. I, I mean, I, I mean, that comes from me. And, uh, you know, it, but it was just amazing the whole way around. How did you feel about it, Jason? I think um, Denver this year was the single greatest drag racing event I've ever been to. I agree. 
and I'm not sure how that gets topped. Like, um, I mean, from the crowds to uh, the energy of the people who worked there, um, the racers, like you could just tell it meant more to them. And like, that's mm-hmm. not the first time we've been to a track that you knew was closing. Right. Right. Um, I mean, Houston, right. And I didn't go to Houston, um, but I didn't get the sense, even with Erica Enns and Mike Holcomb, like Houston natives winning there. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quite get that sense of um, like emotion watching that event last year. Um, Atlanta, you know, uh, Phoenix this year, although um, the, Breaking news! Uh, don't don't quit on Phoenix fans. Um, but you know, um, I, man, I don't know. Like doing, um, and I'm sure Joe's bummed by this because I know Joe loves the Parade of Champions. Doing the Parade of Champions like gave me chills at that event. Yeah, you, yeah, you um, did good with this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, literally gave me chills. Um, as a as a sportsman racer, very part time and very mediocre at that. But as a sportsman racer. To sit there, and I mean, the entire weekend, the place was full for sportsman cars. And I just thought that was the coolest thing and the greatest show of respect to the people who, because at Denver specifically, probably more so than any race on the tour, I feel like, Denver has the highest amount of like local racers. Um, and I think part of that is it's, it's kind of so isolated, right? Like we call it the right. Western Swing, but it's a two hour and 20 minute flight for me from L.A., so how west is it? Like it's just I can get to Dallas uh, in the same amount of time, and I can get to Minneapolis in twenty more minutes, right? Like right. Uh, different flight path, sure, and like the mileage is different, but like it's not really west, right? It's just, it's just west of the Mississippi, um, but it, but it's elevated. Like you gotta set your cars up different. Most of the people who race there have cars built uh, to race in those conditions, um, and and we had so many people from that area from up on the mountain who won that event. Um, and, and some of uh, uh top sportsmen and top dragster, I think like Brie Burge grew up at that track, like with her dad and yeah. her first nat, her first win of any kind in a drag racing car is in top sportsman at the final mile high Nats. Josh Herman married Brie Bandemir, married Sporty's daughter. Um, and, and then broke the car Q1 Friday and like thought he was done. Like my last national event at my, you know, wife's family's track, like we're done. And Peeps Pennington, who's his brother-in-law, who's, who's married to Sporty's other daughter, hands him the, the Pennington brother's other car and says, here, like go qualify it. And he got two qualifying runs in the thing and then won the damn event. Right. Like, and I got to tell you, I was on the top end for that. Um, and I, I'm reference to it. Uh, I should have sent you that picture. Uh, I made reference to it um, in in the Parade of Champions. But Sporty was down there uh, on the top end to greet the winners. Uh, and I have never in my – dude, I have been on the top end of the U.S. Nationals and the World Finals when Nitro racers have won that race for the first time or won a championship for the first time. And I've never in my life seen the pure, like, emotion, I think relief, uh, elation, like, combination of these emotions literally just crash and explode as I did when Josh Herman turned off the track. I mean, you could have... There are deaf people in the world who could have heard Josh Herman. He was screaming so loud. And I, and I mean, threw his helmet over the race car and Sporty couldn't get to the car quick enough. And Sporty's literally got like waterworks strolling out of his eyes. Like big, like I'm, he's not a big guy. Right. But like tough racetrack owner. Like I drive a jet car. Like he's like the nicest guy in the world. Right. The whole right. family is but, like jet car driver, Sporty Bandemir. It's like, just like literally waterworks. And then like Josh couldn't get his helmet off and was like shaking so much. He couldn't get his gloves off. And they embraced like with Josh in the car for what felt like 20 minutes. Um, and, and it probably wasn't that long in reality, but it was just, it, that, that was one of those like genuine moments where I was like, damn, like f- f- I'm really glad I'm here to see this. And also, you know, for the few people, and I don't think there's many people out there, but for the few people who are out there who think that, you know, the Bandamere family's hold out or, 
that doesn't mean anything to them anymore. Like if you would have seen that moment, you you would have got it. You well, got it just, what, what that mountain means to that family. Yeah, and you could tell. I mean, that that was the whole vibe the entire weekend. I mean, it, this this weekend just meant more. Yes, it's the last yeah. one, but I mean, every time we go there, it's an amazing event, anyways. But it just meant more, and the fact that they, that those guys, that family, won the race, like you said, and, and it just that it just meant more. And every time uh, Bandemir Jr. got up there and started talking on the microphone, he just he couldn't hold it together. I mean, it just you could just tell. And and for anybody who thinks they sold out, you know what? Good for them. Yeah. They've been doing it yeah. for as long as they've done it. Seriously, don't don't hate for, on people. Right. First you know, off. It, yeah. Did did you not did, like look? So that's only the second time I've been to that track, right? I went last year, um, and it meant a lot to me because you know, and I had no idea they were close to selling, uh, or it was even a thought until I showed up at the track last year for the first time, and I rolled in and looked the houses around and went, "Wow, yeah, this place probably doesn't have very long left, right?" And then I think you know, Tammy Bandemir. For those who don't know, Tammy Bandemir went out of her way to reach out to everybody in the sport personally before that became a public thing because her and her brother and her mom and dad didn't want us to find out by reading the press release. Right. And so Tammy let us all know in Vegas or right after um, this year. And I think, did you have the same reaction I did when you drove into the track on Friday morning for the first time and saw where that newest tract of houses were and oh, thought, it's way too okay. close. Yeah, I get it. And oh, like, by the way, they're going to build more uh, right up to the highway. I mean, it's going right, right, right. Smack yeah, and it. like they were, they were not forced to sell. They were not pushed out. But also, you know, John Bandemir Senior bought that place what sixty five plus years ago for God knows how little money in I heard relative like comparison. 000, yeah, eleven thousand okay. bucks or something like that. Right. Okay. Um, if you're a business owner and a family man, and I'm not sure I've ever seen a, a, a more tight knit family than the Bandemir family. Honestly, like that's, right. that's like American dream, you know, type of family shit there. If you own that property and you're looking across the freeway and you're in the spot you're in now where property values are through the roof, even with interest rates up and it hasn't crashed yet, if it's going to, and all that other stuff. And then you look at the houses and like, okay, sure. They haven't started knocking on your door yet saying, hey, we don't want you here anymore. Right. But you know what's coming because you've seen the movie. The movie ends the same every time. Right. There is no situation where the people who buy the houses across the street go, we love you guys. Yes. Jet cars at 11 p.m. on a Friday. Yeah. Right. Like, guys, guys, let's be real here. So, like, they had a chance to cash out. And they did. And it's not going to be houses. Like, it got, it got. I don't know if it's like public who it got bought by. I know that John Bandemir Jr. put it out there that that it's going to be an automotive related deal. I, I got news for the people who own the houses. It's not going to be like a it's not going to be like a big nice beautiful dealership. No, I, no, I actually no. I actually think the people if there's anybody who lives around that track who's like oh thank God the track's going away when they see what's going to go they're going to be like God damn I missed the racetrack. Um, yeah, exactly. But that's that's a whole nother story, right? But like good for them. Like they had an yes. opportunity to get out while they could because you know what happens. Pick a number. Right. And and look, I know what the number is, but again, I don't it's a public deal. Right. So let's just pick a, a stupid, very low number. Let's call it a million dollars. Right. Newsflash. They sold it for more than a million dollars. Okay. So let's call it a million dollars. If it's worth a million dollars right now, okay. Do you know what it's worth when the county knocks on the door and says, Hey, two more years and you're out of here? Yeah. Five hundred, like four hundred thousand, yeah. right? Exactly. Like the second that somebody knocks on your door and says, You need to be selling. And then eventually, if you try to stand up to that, it turns into you must sell. Like you lose all your leverage. So good for yep. the Bandon family. Seriously, yeah. if you have a chance to make your family generationally rich, right? Uh, and and take care of your, I mean, you stood on the starting line with me in post race there. With the, they got great grandkids. Like if you're John Junior and Lorraine, and you're looking at your great grandkids and your grandkids and your kids, how do you say no to the opportunity to make sure that, you know? eight-month-old, you know, babies are going to be taken care of when they're 50. Right. You can't. Yeah, you and, can't. And, and, and the fact that they're, they, they they keep talking about they're going to find a place to go and they're going to build another track, great, awesome. You know, it, it won't have the same charm as this place, right. but, you know, if you're in the... And by the way, by the way, if that doesn't work out, great and awesome. 
Yeah. Like they gave us 65 years of their lives. Right. In my opinion, uh, that is plenty. And, and it's on us as a sport. If us as a sport with all these insanely rich people that own race teams, and I'm not calling out the, you know, the, what would be you and I rich, but barely scraped by with the full car people. Right? right. There are some insanely rich people in our sport, and we're not the only sport with those people, right? If our sport cannot figure out a way to build more facilities or upgrade more facilities to make them national event friendly, shame on us. Yeah. That's our problem. That's not the Bandamir family's problem. Or I mean, look, we lost Atco yesterday, and that came out of left field, and I thought that was kind of a shitty way that it happened. But like, but also like, oh okay, like the place has been for sale for a while and they got an offer and like, that's their prerogative. It, it's right. on us as a sport to figure this out. It's not on anybody else. The people who own the facilities don't owe us anything. They really don't no. like no. It, this sport is 75, 80 years old. If we can't figure this out, that's an us problem. And, and, and shame on us for not figuring it out. And I could tell you right now, I, I know that the folks at the NHRA um, are, are concerned and well aware of it and working feverishly to find us other facilities and to work with people. Uh, but it's, it's a two way street. I mean, anybody who thinks that the NHRA is going to look at this and be like, Hey, you know, we're going to go build four more racetracks, make up these tracks we, we're losing and, you know, be out $300 yeah. million. No. What? Like what type no. of business model is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Great. Maybe. Okay. Like we'll do that, and then and then you can't bitch when a ticket for Friday night qualifying is three hundred dollars. Like, come on, right? It'd you know? be like the NFL saying, "Oh, okay, well, we're just going to start building stadiums." Right? Yeah. yeah it, no, that's yeah. We got happening. no, we got we got no owners and teams, but we're just going to go build stadiums and hope that they fund them. So, get yeah. out of here. So, look, the Bandemir fam. I'm optimistic. I think you've heard the same stories. They've, yeah. you know, there are multiple plots of land that are potentially available, and multiple high ranking people and public officials that are interested in having a racetrack in their county. I think this weekend, um, I've, I said this a couple times to people this weekend, I think this weekend could not have gone any better for the prospects of building another facility because I, I think there's two things you got to think about. One, like, yes, the Bandemir family got a lot of money. They're not going to spend all of that money to build a new racetrack. That's stupid. Yeah. Okay. So you need to find a plot of land with a county and elected officials who are going to work with you, they're going to give you the tax breaks, they're going to give you the public money, and they're going to all that, you know, whatever you need to build that because of the economic value it brings to that area. Sure. But, but two, you need proof of concept. And I know that that track historically has always done really well and we've sold out dates and whatever. Um, but if this weekend wasn't the ultimate proof of concept for the life of drag racing right. in the Denver area, Taylor Swift had two concerts with 100,000 people at each of them sold out uh, at the football stadium. And the New York damn Yankees were in town playing the Rockies, which were, I assure you, the three highest attended games of the Rockies season in probably the last decade because that team's been awful for a decade. Yeah. Um, and we still did what we did to that place and sold out oversold. Yeah, we didn't even offer like on Friday. We were like, hey, if you don't have tickets for Saturday and Sunday, don't get in the car. Right. What? Like, and if you don't think that they oversold capacity, like I'm not telling you they I know that for a fact, but I know if I owned the place, I would have oversold capacity, you know? So <laughs> come, come on. Yeah. I, I would have sold until I got to the point where I was like, all right, this is, this is unsafely bad. Right. Like, I don't know if they actually did that, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. And there yeah. were a, a gazillion people there. So, you know, I like that's, I think that was the best hope for the future of drag racing in Denver and what the Bandamere family could do is like, Look at this weekend. Look what it brought to mm -hmm. and 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 credit to um, credit to the Bandemir family and credit to our media relations team, which Ali and Nikki rocked that entire weekend without Josh Hatchett there. Like their yeah. boss was not there. Rocked that weekend. Rocked the week leading up. And like again on a weekend with the New York Yankees in town and Taylor Swift in town, there was stuff on every tv station the denver post was all over it we we don't get that in every city we go to no. and it and and sure it being the last race national event had something to do with it but it didn't have everything to do with it like they didn't no, need to be there on on saturday you know what the hell does saturday have to do with it but right. they were all there so credit to them work that they did 
to make that event have the push. I mean, my Facebook feed all weekend, you know, Denver Post, Denver Post, and I don't even follow it because all the NHRA stuff, right, it tracks you around the internet, but it was like story after story after story. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, we don't, we don't get that at other tracks. No. What other and, track do uh, we get that at? Yeah, no, no, never. And yeah, they right. do. Indy, Indy, Indy is the one other track we get that at because correct. it's Indianapolis and and the, the star and wish and the stations up there all know that like, okay, like there's all right, the 500 in the U.S. Nationals. They're like our yeah. grand poobah events for the year. So, but yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. And talking about Taylor Swift, I, I I mean I don't know about your flight, but my flight there was probably <laughs> 150 people coming from Charlotte, North Carolina, to Denver. They, they, they were all between the ages of 30 and 15 women that were tattooed with 13s. I mean they were wearing Taylor Swift, right. and there was a uh, an older couple sitting in front of me and sitting next to me, and they were going to the Yankee game, so they were like. They were talking, and uh, there. Every time a, a young girl would pass by, Taylor Swift, and she's like, "Oh my god, yeah!" And then, uh, and then Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. Everybody's Taylor Swift, and I'm like, and usually that Charlotte flight, I've got drag racers on that flight. I mean, right. everybody in, in Charlotte's going, and, and I was in a normal time slot, like it was ten o'clock in the morning, and uh, some guy goes, oh, "I'm going to the Yankee game." And they're like, "Yeah, we're going to the Yankee game too," and I see a guy with a shirt that says. Mopar madness on it, and I go drag racing, and he goes, "Yeah," and I we, we both high five, and they're like, "What?" And all the Taylor shows like, "What's drag racing?" <laughs> was, was great. I had one other drag racer on the plane with me, and uh, but yeah, no, that was it, the Taylor Swift, and then she's gonna be in Seattle this weekend, and then she's Is she really? I didn't even look at that. Francisco the next oh, weekend, gosh. so she's, she's following, following the HRA. Yeah, she's yeah. she's got her whole thing going on. But yeah, so like let's look at some more stuff. Like here's this is what it looked like on Friday night. A little yes. drag racing under the. I mean, and again, both both days were longer days, and we raced at night because that you know we did the whole thing. But here's the track walk. Definitely the second. No, no, no this is walk. post. This is, oh, this post. is post. That's why, yeah. because I thought it was so wild, right? Like yes, the track walk was insane. This is post race. Like I went to go get my 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 car and drive up to the top end of the TV compound and return my stuff and turned around and looked at the track and like somewhere in there is Alan Reinhardt in a stage. Right. And I was like, Holy cow. Like that is wild. I've never seen so many people. Can we talk about Alan's voice? Because Joe was doing TV, you and him had to carry the load and his allergies kicked in. Oh Yeah. At, at, at winter circle i'm like alan stop talking to matt hagan just give him his trophy and let's go your voice is, <laughs> i go you're gonna die up there on stage but yeah you got the short end of the stick on sunday especially too because i i go along to do top end yeah and um and and there's no easy way at denver to go back and forth no um and so it, it would take me legitimately 20 minutes after we'd run a session to get back <laughs> After round one, 20 minutes, and you're back in a round two. It's like, I literally came back. I called, like, two pairs of cars and went back again. I'm like, all right. Oh, I felt so bad for Alex. Sorry, yeah. Like, no, he got was shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, he won't it, get it that reminded, this weekend. No, and it reminded me of uh, during the pandemic when you guys were all sitting in Indianapolis for six weeks, and you could just tell because it was, you know, I don't, I'm yeah. sure you were involved. But, uh, you know, it was you, Gal- or you, Joe, and Alan, and it was that was it. There was no other breaks that you guys talked the entire time, but, uh, but yeah, no, that was, uh, so my moment was, uh, at, <laughs> I don't know why I had to, some guy goes, Hey man, you got to play closing time. And I'm like, really low hanging fruit. Okay, guy, we'll play that. But, but I needed another song to go into, um, into that. Cause I was just like, all right, we're not going to do that. And, and I've got like two minutes and I'm like, what am I going to play? What am I going to play? I'm just like, I go, there's got to be a sad song that just people that it'll make people in retrospect, think back, look back and, you know, have a moment. And I played Hey Jude as soon as Alan or Alan or uh, John Vandermeer said, uh, said something. And then Alan said goodbye. And I played Hey Jude. And man, people all around me just started bawling. They were like crying. And I'm like, Oh, look at me go. I go, I picked the perfect song. And I and apparently John Vandermeer said that was perfect. So I was like, good. All right. And then I played closing time after that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was uh man, I literally and Courtney Anders was up on the uh 
up by the uh the the tree and she was crying i mean it, it it meant a lot to it i mean literally i teared up during when uh john Vandermeer was talking uh before the flyover uh and before it during pre-race i was like and i just i just sat back and took it in that day or on pre-race i was like this is the last time we're going to be here and i go it, it yeah. just i mean i that was the first track i ever went to in 1995 and uh so, you know, it, it, it was Reinhardt's I, first, it was Reinhardt's tryout track. Like Reinhardt had done yeah. some stuff at, at, at Phoenix. So it was his home track, but that was his first, like, Hey, you know, come out here and, you know, yeah. actually and, give this a shot. Yeah. And all the fans were amazing. I mean, this guy, there's one of Joe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was like, look at this guy. I go, that's a great it. shirt. I was like that. I go, I got to get you in there, man. But, uh, you know, it was just, I mean, people were just milling around and no one wanted to leave. Um, it was, it was, it was just an amazing scene out there. And, you know, here's, you know, John Vandermeer speaking, uh, Joe Maynard right behind him. And, um, yeah, you know, that was everything. Friday that this was Friday. Um, when John went to do the invocation for, uh, the mission foods challenge. And, and before that they did a deal for Kathy Maynard and, Every crew member on all three Maynard teams, Tony Schumacher, Justin Ashley, Tim Wilkerson, came down. Um, I, this this moment to me was incredibly touching. Like, yeah, and not something that the Bandemeers need. I mean, you know, we knew Kathy passed away when we were in Norwalk, so technically we'd had a race and we had a moment there. And but Joe wasn't there. So Joe's first race back, uh, and John had so much going on this weekend that he, he didn't need to do that. Right. Uh, but again, we talk about the Bandemir family and, and their sense of, of family and how much it means to them. And I mean, John Jr. literally, you know, this is what we're doing. We're, we're yeah. going to take a moment for Kathy Maynard. Okay. Like, yeah. I thought it was awesome. It was awesome. It was, it was, it was so, I mean, everything that, I mean, and, you know, and, and during pre-race, like, and, and you and Joe and I have talked about this and, and you guys watch nascar events you guys watch we all watch formula one we watch all these other uh racing events like our pre-race is pretty tight we've got it down yes. and we i think our pre-race this weekend was fantastic um and but just and and, and it, we going into it we had a flyover we had all this other stuff and we were right down the middle we were on the timing was great uh, evan didn't say a word during it i go dude you're right on the on the number he goes yeah you haven't heard me say anything have you i go no i go we're we're killing it right now and when uh john Banner <laughs> jr started talking and, and he just had an extended uh he just started he went too long and right. which made the uh flyover happen the flyover early, the, yeah. uh, anthem. Um, and I was just like, as soon as I heard him go like past a minute, I was like, well, you just missed your flyover, and uh, you know, your flyover is going to come in, come in in hot. I mean, they can't just turn around, and I mean, I guess they could, but you know, they, it, it would take even longer. And, and, and uh, so it was like, I kind of smiled and chuckled to myself, and I was like, Oh well, whatever. It's his track. He can do whatever he wants. And uh, but it was uh, but yeah, that 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 flyover came over halfway through. But yeah, I I, I mean, I, we were we were all on point. I mean, I think it just the, from the from the beginning to the middle to the end, I go the whole weekend was perfect. And uh, you know, it was great. I mean, this is and and th this might be the greatest picture of the entire weekend. You just completely totally shocked. Was that, <laughs> was that it like uh it was tj's uh double o right off the, was that what you were no shocked? no uh that was britney force going 337 oh yeah yeah that was great I mean, uh, the track great. record for those of you who missed that the track record was 330 like steve torrance had the track record at 330 britney force went 337 in altitude in denver uh, i mean and and by the way put the picture back up I had some people that were like, oh, Alan Reinhardt doesn't look very impressed there. I'm like, no, no. Alan's looking the other direction. Notice Alan doesn't have a microphone in front of his face. Okay. Yeah. Alan always has a microphone in front of it. Like he's ready to talk at a moment's notice when there's race cars on the track or going through the shutdown or whatever. And I mean, he and I both sat there like I'm staring up at the list of track records on the wall, looking at Steve Torrance's speed, realizing what Brittany just ran and the seven mile an hour gap and Alan is staring at the incrementals like 
uh, up here. <laughs> Seriously, <Yeah. laughs> like in in Denver, you went three thirty seven. Like and it was the heat a, of the day too. It was yeah, the- like like on, it was, it's it's not like uh it's not like it's not like everybody else was hauling ass. No, like far from it. Two yeah. eighties, maybe creeping into the three hundreds, and all the yeah, a couple cars run three fifteen. Like yeah. like oh yeah, no, there was. 330. That um that is the second most impressive run I have ever seen a top field dragster make in my life. And number one is and number one is Tony Schumacher sliding into a 100s window to win a world championship, like the greatest run in drag racing history, right? That I I've I really believe on a performance, strictly performance standpoint. That is the second most impressive run I've ever seen the top field dragster make. Myself, personally, in person. And I was in the stands when Tony Schumacher made the run and won the world finals and defeated Doug Coletta and Cosmos Championship and all that. Like, I, I was sitting in the grandstands at the finish line when that happened. Um, you know, and that that's one of the greatest moments in auto racing history in my mind. But, like, that run right there, yeah, uh, that's, that's beyond insane to me. And, like, I know she lost first round the next day and, they kind of struggled a little bit on race day, but man, that run right there makes you think, okay, like it's not like Grubby's that far off from no. where they were last year. You know, I know they're trying some stuff um, and trying to find some consistency, but man, you run three thirty-seven on the yeah, mountain. I mean, he's he's good for a home run every once in a while, I, I, like a monster <laughs> shot home run. That was a monster shot. That yeah. was, um, you know. I, I thought Robert Heights, uh, what was it, 83 or whatever, 82 that he ran in Chicago on Friday night when literally nobody else could get down the track. Right. I thought that was the most impressive run of the year uh, by a nitro car. And and then David Grubnick was literally like holding my beer times 10. Right. Like, I don't. Yeah. Until that's, somebody runs three thirty to the eighth mile, that like and, right. and and I still think that's going to happen towards the end of this year. But until that happens, it, there, ain't, there ain't another run on the planet that's going to beat that one. Well, Brittany and, and Grubby are going to be the ones to do it. I mean, they they, they they're out oh, there. Wow. Shocking, shocking proclamation by you. Well, I know, but they're they're it's just, you're just waiting for those guys to do it, and, and it yeah. looks like that's what they're trying to do. By the way, honestly, whatever that run was right there, like had the car made the same exact run at sea level at Sonoma on Friday night or something that that would have been the run that's how good that run was yeah, yeah, yeah I don't I don't even remember what the car was running at the eighth uh but if it was 337 at a thousand feet in Denver I mean that's a if you take the same thing and plug it in and it sticks you know I look I, and believe me I'm not stupid and there's a million other factors that go in but like in a hypothetical world where you just take that car and go plop and put it in Sonoma at level on Friday night under the lights that's a that car is running 340, like, yeah. and it's when going it's 300 degrees, at the eighth. Yeah, when it's 50 right. degrees and it's awesome. Yeah, but and yeah, the wind's and, blowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, another. I mean, everybody was cutting amazing lights, man. I mean, it was absolutely every time you Alan would say, oh, my oh, favorite phrase. Yeah, trip zero. You know, <laughs> double five. The perfect light. <laughs> it's like I mean, it was it was like. I, I mean, everybody showed up. I mean, it was like, it, it was just perfect racing to me. And I, I mean, people were just putting numbers up on the board on Sunday. And I'm like, how are they? I mean, these guys, it was like, they, they everybody got focused. And it was like, hey, we want to win this one. We are going to I never, win this I never looked, and I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Um, I'm curious what TJ's final round reaction time was. Because... He might have had the most impressive day driving of any driver in the sport this year. Um, certainly in pro stock, I think. And if I'm missing one, you know, somebody feel free to hit me up when they watch or listen to this and and tell me. But uh, pro stock, here we go. E4 pro stock. As you're looking that up, I was on uh, Courtney Ender's, um, her Ride on Track <laughs> uh, podcast uh, last week. Right. And uh, she goes, who, who do you think is going to win? And uh, I said, I go, I think TJ might win. I go, I want to pick your sister. And I, I, maybe I'll pick your sister just because. And I think TJ's got a great shot. I picked Matt Hagen. I picked Justin Ashley, but, you know, he obviously didn't make it all the way through for me. But, yeah, TJ, I, I, he's just, I mean, he just comes out and just does his business, man. Okay. Troy Coughlin Jr.'s reaction times. 0-15 in the final. 0-11 in the semis. 
018 round two. Round number one, he was standby loading. There we go. Round number one, he was 012. He had four runs in a row between 011 and 018. That's like spring fling million bracket racing shit right Right, there. Right, right. In a pro stock car. Yeah. Uh, and, and, And the round before that would have been the final of Mission Foods where he was perfect. So he had five runs in a row where he went between perfect and 018. Come on. Yeah. Silly. That's just silly. No, I, I guarantee you, I, I would be willing to bet a lot of money that nobody in pro stock has had a five consecutive elimination round run like that this year. And it's probably been a hell of a long time since anybody did it. Um, beyond impressive. Yeah. Beyond impressive, impressive weekend. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was all dialed in, man. And everybody was, and it was great. And it was good to see, um, by the way, this is the most we've talked drag racing on, on this program ever. Love it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's all right, but that's okay. Hey, can we but, talk uh, about my favorite breakfast on the tour? Yeah, Very let's sad. go. I got pictures of it. I'm going to show Very you my sad. breakfast. Uh, look at that thing. Oh look at this. God. At the cow. It's in Morrison, right next to Red Rocks. It's three minutes from the track. That's the spotted cow. It is literally the best breakfast on the tour. There's not even a second place. If you're out there and you watch or listen to this and you think there's a place better, I am open to ideas because – I'm on a, a weight loss deal that I uh, I don't eat breakfast, but I made a, a exemption here two days in a row because it's literally my favorite breakfast on the tour, um, and I love what a good breakfast. That? So it's a uh, it's a spotted cow. So it's hash browns, two sausage patties that they make in house, scrambled eggs, cheese, and then uh, half of it is like traditional breakfast gravy. That's the white part, and the brown right. part is their. Um, is their hatch chili sauce. Oh that looks so freaking good. Dude, it is off the hook. I haven't eaten Best today, so I'm, I'm pretty, that, that right now is going, I'm like, that is amazing. Uh, this is my, I haven't eaten either. I know, this is my breakfast that I had on Thursday uh, as I flew out, Breakfast of Champions at the Admirals Club. Look how horrible that is. Hey, dude, I'm, how many times do I have to tell you the Admirals Club sucks? It is a ripoff. Listen, it it man, I just renewed in Dallas, and I was torn between. I was like, man, I don't know if I need to renew. I I don't I don't know. It's it's becoming not worth it. So this bagel, like I couldn't get it toasted. The stupid toaster what didn't toast very well. The Bloody Mary was like the only good thing, but it was like okay. And this is in Orlando, but you know, I'm like, okay, great. This is going to be what I have for breakfast to hold me over till I get to Denver. And by the way, the Denver Admirals Club. So you were, yeah. They they put all the Sky Clubs in one section. All on the yeah, A all the terminal. airport clubs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm on the C terminal. I'm like, where's the Admirals Club? I went up to where they normally would be, and no, I had to go eat some quesadilla. I spent forty bucks on a quesadilla and three beers at the at the some bar, and the Denver airport's packed on Monday. I was like, what? I go. I was so disappointed. Very disappointed in my uh, Denver airport was out of control packed. Yes. Uh, I don't know what time you got there. I got to the airport about 11.15, the 12.30 flight, and it was crazy busy. Um, and I went to the Sky Club. I was disappointed because that's I think that's the busiest airport in the country now. I think it passed Atlanta. It? If not, it's right there. Um, and uh, uh, for being such a busy airport, the, the clubs are like – my office dude like i walked in and um and dan daniel you know uh maynard racing daniel right you know it's not pr anymore i you know uh handler i guess we'll call uh i gotta ask him what his official title is Is, by the way he wants to shoot he wants to shoot the t-shirt cannon really bad he does he does he does um yeah but he was in the sky club and um and i i I mean like i were talking it's like man this is Kind of a letdown from what I, you know, and the Sky Club's still nice, by the way. I walked in and got a very nice lunch. Uh, I've never had bad food in the Sky Club, any Sky Club anywhere in the country. It's always like real food, which I've been now in two Admirals Clubs with you guys this year that I've never been in uh, before. And like, you, you guys don't even get real food in there. That's why I'm like, no. you get ripped off. It's, it's a cheese and crackers. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we might get yeah. lucky to get some uh, avocado toast. 
Yeah, meatballs, meatballs in a in a uh, crock pot. Yeah, dude, I got like I got like grilled chicken with like sautéed peppers and baked yeah. potato soup, and there was rice and veggies, and um, it was delicious, and it and it was a very nice you know brunch yeah, for me, hey, late late it, late morning lunch. The Admiral's very Club nice. is. By the way, the Denver Sky Club self serve bar. Have you ever seen one of those in, a, in an Admiral's oh, Club or Sky Club? Because I haven't. I walked in, no people working. I walked in and literally there's like 12 different brands of, you know, there's like two different brands for each type of alcohol, basically right. sitting on counters with the tops in them. And like underneath it was a fridge with mixers. And then next to it was a fridge with all the different beers they had and seltzers and stuff. And it was like, make your own drink. And I was like, wow, that is ballsy. <laughs> I wonder if I can transfer miles like, uh, to like Delta and, and do, do that. I wonder if I call can him. make that happen. Call him. Yeah, dude, I literally walked in. And I was like, whoa, that's uh, that's ballsy. That is ballsy. <laughs> well, I know that's going ballsy. to Seattle, uh, the Admirals Club, there's no Admirals Club there, but there is the Alaska Airlines Club. And right? there's one that is really nice. Last year in Seattle, I went to that one. And it's like, don't we, we don't accept tips. We don't do anything. And, I, and they have like, you know, actual food. And I'm like, oh, this place is way nicer than the Admirals Club. It, it was it that I was like, okay, thank God I can go to this place. But uh, yeah, man, it's um, it very disappointing. And I renewed because I was like, uh, I probably just need to do it just in case. But uh, but yeah, no, this yeah. I mean, look at this. But they have, you know, listen, they have scrambled eggs, but they're powdered. It's they're it's disgusting. You know, uh, breakfast is a little better than, you know, the lunchtime stuff. But, like, in, in the uh, Denver one, uh, I was waiting for my flight. My flight got delayed. Oh, no, this was DFW. DFW uh, in, in Dallas, I was had a three-hour layover. kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. I didn't get home till like, 2 in the morning. Uh, I heard that. That was terrible. That was just not cool. Um, but I sat in the Animals Club. And I just started drinking and I was bumped up to first class. And I was like, well, I, you know, this would have been fun to, you know, kind of have a couple cocktails on the plane. I mean, I went right to bed. I fell right to sleep. And, and I was like, oh, this is like not even worth it. But, but yeah, these are the joys of travel. And of course I've got seven and a half hours of flight time tomorrow, which will be awesome. Um, going to Seattle from Orlando, Florida. That's that, that gets no, this is the longest trip of the whole year for me. Oh, yeah, but, I didn't uh, think about that. One end of yeah. the country to the other, literally, across. But uh, Joe Costello and I will be... That's uh, me Boston, eight. by the way. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, but you to yeah. Boston's freaking too much. But Joe and I are staying out uh, between uh, Seattle right. and Sonoma. So we'll be... Uh, we're going to have to figure this show out, Jason Galvin, because... Uh, Dude, we'll have to have a Joe Costello cameo next next week on a road trip. We may have to do this like via, it. like, in a uh, hotel room. I think uh, that's great. You and I, and or maybe we find the bar or something, and we just go down yes. and we we do this. Do you guys have do you guys have full plans? Let's talk about it next week. But like, yeah. I, I'm curious what your full plans are. We'll have to talk about that tomorrow, you and I. Yeah, we um the yeah the there there was some talk in Denver about what we're gonna do, and we were like, oh, we go to Mount Rainier, we could do all kinds of crazy stuff, and then Joe goes, or we could just sit in the hotel room and do nothing. <laughs> we can do that too. But uh, in Sonoma, we get we get into uh, San Francisco on Wednesday, so we're gonna hang out on Wednesday, uh, tour the city a little bit, and then uh, we're gonna go drink wine on Thursday. Apparently, there's a big uh, group of people going to drink wine, which I've never done in Sonoma. I'm kind of excited. Really, about it. it's too late I've for me to get the... in on this invite on are Thursday. You... Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, what time are you getting in? Uh, standby, because. I, I want to uh, say I'm in it like I want to say I'm into Sacramento at like eight thirty or nine, like very early. Like I'll be in Napa oh. by ten thirty. Oh, oh yeah, you should probably be involved with us then because yes. uh, let, me, let me double check. Yeah, I had to invite myself because Allie McCormick, um, she has planned this whole like wine tasting thing, and then people are going to make wine. And I don't, I, she's got this whole thing going on, right? And then, but Joe Costello. He's like, yeah, well, I'll see if I can get you in. I'll see what they, you know, uh, you know, it, it's I'm like, dude, I know you got invited and, but it, I know it's, it's a thing open for everybody. So I saw her this weekend. I go, Hey, Allie, can I come drink wine with you in Sonoma? And she goes, yeah, everyone's invited, whatever. Who cares? I don't care. And I go, oh yeah, go. well, 
I go, Joe Costello has acted like he's, you know, it's uh, on lockdown and he's, uh, you know, <laughs> I go, Joe's just trying to hoard, you know, make sure he's. I will, the I, will I will, I will reach out to Allie. Yes, I land at 8 35 a.m. in Sacramento. I oh, will be in, yeah. Na- I will be in Napa by 11 at the latest. The oh, yeah, and I think this is like in the afternoon. So yeah, we'll, right. we'll, yeah, we'll go get wine. Cool. Um, because yeah, that's really what this is trips all about. But uh, I'm bringing a jacket because Friday night in uh, Sonoma is freezing. Yeah. Which I, it blows my mind ever. I'm like, that is the craziest thing ever. Um, how cold it gets out there. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited for this weekend. Uh, I just wish I could teleport my way out to Seattle. Because this flight <laughs> is going to suck. And by the way, the, the, by the way, it, it, let's let's talk about this thing because I'm a little upset. Well, did I put it in here? Oh no! Yes. What'd you mess up? What are you upset about? The lady in your row on this plane. Oh God! Yes, I sent it to you. Oh, if you have it, hold on. Please. I gotta find it. Hold on. Please. I think I'm gonna get a first class upgrade tomorrow too. And that and if that this stuff happens to me, I'll punch somebody. Yeah, but you can talk about it while I find this picture. Where is okay, it? so I'm in the first, so Delta, first class and then Comfort Plus, which is like a uh, a poor man's first class, right? And I get sure. upgraded to Comfort Plus, literally. I don't think anybody who flies Delta as much as I do, but it's like an auto deal. So I'm in the aisle seat, first row. Lady in the middle seat is this like little French lady and her daughter's in, and when I say daughter, I mean her daughter's probably like 20, is on the window. This woman on Monday afternoon um literally uh flying home takes her shoes off which is like the first disgusting thing to me like she's got socks right like uh takes her shoes off and then because we're in the front row of comfort plus the two seats in front of us are both uh first class seats and so big seats right instead of having three with one seat right in front of us the middle seat ends up with a gap in between them because that's where the armrest you know big center area is for uh for first class and this woman, do you have it? No, I can't. Oh, Jayla. I told you. This told woman you. literally sticks her feet, socks only, up onto the armrest in front of her that like two people have their arms on. I'm like, what in? Dude, yeah, come it's on. Not, it's not appropriate. Not appropriate at all. And on what planet is that appropriate behavior or etiquette? Let me stick my feet onto your armrest in front of you. Like, by the way, a bunch of like really stupid, ornery people on that flight. Some lady behind us got mad because it was a a, a baggage optimized flight, and so like every they, they didn't grab check gate check any bag, right? right? Unless it was too big, and so they're making people take backpacks and like like tote bags. Like, so like I put my backpack usually in the overhead because I bring my laptop that I'm on right now. And I have a 22 inch MacBook pro. Like my backpack legitimately does not fit underneath. And then they always, the flight attendants walk by, like I'll put it down there, but then inevitably the flight attendants walk by and go, you got to put it under. It won't go anymore. You got to put it. It won't go anymore. Okay. Then we got to put it up top. So I just tell them that I'm like, look, if you want to come look, I got no problem. I'm not trying to be that guy. I don't bring a carry on. I check my bag. And so here is my carry on essentially. But this literally won't go under the seat unless you want me to hold my laptop, which is also against your rules. So what are our options? And they're like, whatever, just put it up top, right? But like this woman behind me wanted to put her like purse, like it was literally this big, right? Like, yeah. Shout out to my drink card buddies. Uh in the overhead. And they were like, no. And she's like, you need to put it under your, you know, under your, your seat. She's like, Ugh. what did I pay the extra money for comfort plus for then? And the flight attendant literally turned around and goes, uh, nowhere on the uh, nowhere on the reservation does it say that you're paying for overhead bin space. Right. I was like, man, we got some honorary dumb people. I don't know why that picture won't come up, but it, it it won't load in. I don't know why it didn't load in. Well, I'm but yeah, sorry. no, I'm right there with you. And by the way, I don't like when people like men wear flip flops on planes. I don't need to see your hairy toes. No, oh, I'm sorry. Put, put shoes on. I, I, I'm definitely on. guilty. I'm definitely guilty of that. But I get manicured or pe- I, no, I get I get pedicures. I get well, weekly yeah. pedicure, not weekly. Well, that's good. I mean, your your feet are nice. We're gonna check them out this weekend. Um, are you okay? The, yeah, we'll look at them. But uh, but yeah, no people just <laughs> they, they lose their minds. We got lives to drag. Jason Galvin's feet. <laughs> people lose their minds on airplanes. It's like, uh, oh, and and uh, my trip from Denver Denver to Dallas, everyone was chatty. Everyone was making friends. I just I sit down. I don't talk to nobody. And I, I mean, the, the guy next to me. 
he sat down and he was so obnoxious at the at the the boarding area um too busy trying to feel oh i'm group seven what are you i'm like shut up just wait no one cares and of course he had to sit next to me and there was a very attractive woman sitting in the window because i sit on the aisle and these two hit it off I think he got her number. I was like, dude, all right, that, that good for you. They were, they were like, I mean, she's all flirty talk. I'm like, dude, good. That, that's awesome. But I don't really care about your conversation. I had my headphones on. I was watching a movie. I was like, dude, I got it. But everyone was talking. Everyone was just chit-chatting. Oh, my God. It's so great. How was your weekend? Where are you from? Where are you going to? Oh. I'm like, shut up. Quiet. Silence. I get, I get cranky on planes. I just don't want to talk to people. Uh, and, uh, I put and my then, earphones in and watch movies. Yeah, you know? That's what but I By do the too. way, another great thing about Delta, for those of you uh, American lovers out there, um, TVs in the back of every seat on every plane. Yeah, every, every, except for like, every once in a while. I'll find it. Except for, like, except, for, except for like the ancient planes. But like those are pretty much like puddle jumpers. Like that was my yeah. Charlotte to Dayton, which we didn't even get to my hellacious trip last Tuesday to go to Columbus for the Jake Sports Nationals. I don't want to. Uh, it's why I don't fly American. Bleed them. Yeah, <laughs> they turned they, dude. They turned my travel day into a twenty-one hour travel day, and it was their fault. I missed a three-hour and thirty-five minute layover somehow. Um, and their offer to me to make up for then having to fly me to Dayton, Ohio, where I then had to drive two hours in the middle of the night, um, was a twelve-dollar food voucher to use in the airport. Nope. Twelve dollars. I would have gotten 15,000 miles. That would have been, that's a, that's a starting point on something like that. That I will say this. On American. I know. I will say that when, when things go wrong on American, I just call and I'm like, Hey man, this is what I, I asked her I, to give I, me an admiral's club pass for the day instead, because I hadn't then had three hours to then. She's like, Oh no, right. I can't do that. Oh, uh, why, why like, can't give you a $55 voucher? I mean, why, why, right. why would I do that? Right. I was just yeah, close I, to saying that's fine. I'll just go buy one and then charge it back and and blame it on you and her name. But right. then I was like, it's not worth. It's not her fault specifically, right. so it's not worth it. Uh, right. But th- that's an airline, especially the girl next to me was being obnoxious. She was going to Columbus too. She, I'm a professional sailboat racer and I have to be on the water at 8 a.m. tomorrow. And they were like, okay, well we can get you there at noon, or you can fly somewhere else and drive. I right. have to get a flight into Columbus tonight. They're like we. We don't have any more. Like, yeah, well, and it's 6 p.m. on the East Coast. So by the time we fly somewhere else, you're not getting on a plane to Columbus. Like Columbus does not take planes at 3 a.m. in the morning, right? Like, right, right, right. I'm, then, then I need a, f- and, and I have a first class ticket and I need a full refund for the entire trip there and back. She's like, I can give you a refund for the flight back, but you're going to lose your seat too. No. I was like, all right, give me my $12. I want to get out of here. Like, yeah, I whenever I have a problem on American, I call the uh, the, the whatever the desk yeah. or whatever. The, yeah, the, the bougie the, line. Yes. Yeah, and I call them up and I go, "Hey, I'm going to tell you a story, and I want you to tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right. I just, I just here's the story, and and I go, I go, and I, if I'm wrong, fine, I'll you know I won't be upset about this, but if I'm right, I, we're going to figure this out. And I, I've had a couple different incidents where I'm just like. And I, I just call him like, hey, um, so this is, uh, here's the story. And am I right? Am I wrong? Should I be upset about this? What do you think? I, I, like a therapist. And uh, dude, I always get like 10,000 miles, 5,000 miles, 8,000 miles. So yeah, it's like, it, as long as you're nice to people, they will get, they will move mountains. Miss first class uh, professional sailboat racer wasn't going anywhere with that type of attitude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just be nice. Also- also, I was like, professional sailboat racers going to Columbus? Like, did right. I miss something here? Kind of <laughs> like, Columbus Lake? I go, that, this. Yeah, I'm like, where? If we're going to Cleveland, I get it. Like, the, you know, there's a, a, a rather large lake up there. We call it a great right. lake. There's People are freaking crazy. Uh, whatever. Crazy on planes. I love yeah, it. Whatever. Well, Jason, I All look right. forward to I, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have fun in Seattle. Uh, we're going to 13 Coins at least. Yes, they, they owe excited. us a good air conditioned restaurant this they time. They do, they do, they do. So uh, I, I believe Hannah's going to go with us because she loves cheesecake at Thirteen Coins, and she didn't get to go last year because she wasn't working here. But uh, but yeah, um, and uh, Hannah and I both decided, or I decided for Hannah that she and I are both going to become televangelists, which is going to be a whole other story. Oh, great! 
Oh my God. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Allie Bland, I watched uh, the, uh, the way down the, the, the televangelist lady. She, uh, she um, suggested to watch. Oh my God. That if you're into what I'm into you, this is a good one. This is a really okay. good one. I'm not but, into uh, that stuff, but, but no, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's so good. It's so good. So anyways, all right, well, that's it for us. Uh, Jason, any parting words you got, you got for us? Uh, anything exciting? Good luck and Godspeed. That's it. We're gonna be. Uh, we're really getting the meat. Have you you've been to the Seattle race before, right? Yeah, last year when it was six hundred oh, degrees. Right. Yeah, that's right. And, and that awesome tower. That tower is so tiny. Yeah. Hey, it's did cool. you look at uh, the? Do you look at the weather for this weekend? It looks gorgeous. It's like seventy eight. I, like, I know. Yes. I know. I'm like, thank God. Oh, in I, July. Oh, thank God. After last year when it was literally hundred degrees. Yeah. I bet it's going to be 5 million the week after it's going to be so hot there. It's the be- early look ahead for Sonoma is like 86, which is not bad. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Even Denver, it, this the Denver's weather was amazing. It was yes. hot. It was warm, but it wasn't real. It was, yes. it was perfect. Ra- it was race just- car. Jesus knew to take care of us. Yep. It was good. Yeah. So there we go. All right, Jason Galvin, thank you so much. We will see you guys in Seattle and in Sonoma drinking wine and talking about race cars. It's going to be awesome. Thank you guys very much. Have a fantastic, fantastic.